Hey everyone, welcome to this week's long-winded Travers Week Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I am the host of the long-winded show. My friend Barry Spears will be with us just after some of these commercial breaks. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to start talking about parks, can you believe it? And, and we're going to talk about it in a good way. Um, and... About 7 million other things, including unions and professional wrestling. And a variety, a, a really big variety. It's a variety show tonight. See you in just a minute. You there? You yes, know? sir. Sounds like, uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Sounded like you were being accosted. Always that. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, it's Travers Week. Yeah, finally. Finally. Uh, finally. Some would say it's Smarty Jones at Park Stakes. Week that was today, wasn't it? That's tomorrow. Today oh, was tomorrow. Pennsylvania bread day. Well, I know they had like a whole bunch of races. They had a PA bread steaks today. Tomorrow is Smarty Jones Day. It's kind of an interesting race, man. I've never seen so many horses coming into a, a race that are coming off um, like gigantic. Figures <laughs> lifetime improvements. Like their last race was like, like way better better than most. I mean, not all of them, but there was a ton of them. Okay, we so can't... the ones that didn't are probably the ones you probably lean towards if you're gonna bet it. <laughs> yeah, go away from the go away from the crowd. Yeah, that goes as race number eleven at Parks tomorrow. Post time about five thirty Eastern. Um, Calistro from the rail who should have won the Indiana Derby but uh, but didn't will probably be my my push of the of the race not that the rail is generally not good at parks but uh, due to atmospheric conditions and other strange happenings on big stake days it, it Often does get good. So. <laughs> it gets fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. And inside speed works. So on Wednesday I wouldn't like him, but on Tuesday I think he's gonna have a big shot. But uh, that's a nice that's a nice horse. Uh Cherie's done a good job of developing him um kind of you know, slowly. And uh I mean he, he's he figures I have a big shot in there. Uh, salute the stars. That's the two. That's that's the Brad Cox horse who won the the mini Pegasus at Monmouth, <laughs> not the the big Pegasus. But um, that's a really difficult horse, man. Uh, he's he's very very hard to ride. Uh, he gets super rank and and just doesn't ever settle. And uh, I mean, when he won the Pegasus, he beat. Um, the Pletcher horse, who was the big favorite, um, what does his name? He's the horse that went to the sidelines. 
Uh, he only ran a couple times. Remember, he ran at Tampa in the allowance race. And um, anyways, to make a big long story short, he he beat him that day, and it was really an incredible race. Like Kings Barnes, Kings Barnes, yes, because he he was never ever. Um, I mean, he was just rank, and and then he looked like he backed up and and he kind of rebroken the stretch and, and he got up, but then uh, in the Haskell, he, he was just like, again, he was super rank and he got himself into a little, like he ran himself into trouble and, and then just backed up. But um, I mean, those types are to me are really hard to take because especially in, in a big field, um, you know, this is, there's nine if, without scratches and, just a tough a tough spot because he, he's a he just doesn't settle doesn't settle at all um chad brown's got a horse who went on allowance at monmouth pretty easy um a month ago joel rosario who who won on his his uh his philly in the alabama on saturday he goes down to ride um Butch Reed runs ninety uh, percent. Maddie, who I just don't think is good enough. Um, Victory Way is a horse Billy Mott sends in off of a allowance win at uh, at Belmont. I mean, that's a, that's a horse who uh, made a huge jump up in in figures in in winning that last race. Um, which was a mile at Belmont's around one turn. So this, this is his first uh, two-turn start. It's a tough, you know, read those horses because, uh, I mean, there's a lot we don't know, you know. Um, Mo Visitor is uh, a local, Maria Mon- uh, Maria Montoya, who just doesn't look good enough. Um, Daydreaming Boy is the seven. Lou Linder's horse, who's, Another local, but who's actually really good. Uh, he's run. He was tailing off sprinting, and and then he he ran him two turns. Uh, the Golden Sense Colt, and and he's like had two big blowout wins, uh, going two turns though, obviously against Lesser. local competition. But yeah, uh, he, he's doing it the right way. Um, for my dad's favorite rider, Dexter Haddock. <laughs> that guy gets prices, he says. Um, Adero is the eight horse, John Service, a horse who um, who broke his maiden for maiden 40 this winter and, you know, looked like it was just going to be a, a horse, you know, and since the spring, um, he stretched the horse out and, and he's really done well. He, he ran second in an allowance race at Pimlico, uh, then he won at Parks. He won his first level allowance, and at Monmouth he he crushed a field in in the second level allowance, uh, July twenty third. Just just you know beat him up. So he's another one that they ran a huge figure last time. Uh, and of course, our friend Il Il Miracolo, the miracle um, from Sersano, who opted out of the Travers and into here. Which is probably the right move. I mean, the Travers is probably yeah over his head. Yeah, I, I don't know that that horse really wants to go mile a quarter either. Um, I mean, he did run in the Belmont. 
for reasons not only <laughs> only to Mr. Sano, but uh, he he backed up pretty good there, and the mile and a quarter probably was too much, and uh, he does he gets Louis Saez to come in to ride. So uh, you know the horse ran really a lot better last time in in the Curlin, running second to uh, Scotland, who uh, was doomed by the Swift selection yesterday, but is now sort of undoomed because Swift has already <laughs> switched based upon some secret information. He's, he's jumped a mage. Uh, sorry. Sorry, uh, Ramiro and Gustavo. It's the, the mush is on you, my friends. The mush is now <laughs> on you. But um, it's it's a pretty interesting. Well, I'll tell you what. It's a, it's a damn good race for a Tuesday afternoon. Yes, absolutely. So... Uh, it definitely is a really good race. Yeah, the park's card is, is actually okay. I mean, the the Phillies race is, is a good race. It's it's um, there's some wild <laughs> uh, you know they can come up with a lot of wild. Like, uh, I I don't know if they're gonna get you know I guess they're gonna run on the turf, but the 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 ninth race is is a hundred thousand uh, dollar five ace turf race. And it's it's a bizarre race, man. <laughs> it's it's a bizarre race. I mean, there's horses in there. And there's some MTOs. There's all kinds of horses from all over the place. I know you like chaos, man. That that's that that's race. It. That is, is chaos. Classic <laughs> chaos race. That's what we got to do. Go big. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of wild, man. Um, but they got a couple other stakes on the card, and they're all decent field sizes. I mean, it's not like um, I mean, any short fields. So um, there's there's a mile and a quarter dirt allowance race that uh, I'm sure riding with Biden will be the favorite. But I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, it's there's a couple others in there that was there other speed though. Uh, yeah, Jamie Ness has got one. That, um, That's all you had to say. Oh, he's actually Good. got a pair in there. But um, but riding with Biden does get uh, his his friend Paco, so that always helps. Paco, Paco and that horse, they fit each other. They get along they for do. sure. They do. But um, now it's a good card for for a Tuesday for sure. But uh, that kind of leads us into the Travers conversation. Mm. It seems like it's going to be seven reincarnate. But, you know, last week we were asking why Bob was going to ship two horses cross country that both want to go want to run on the lead. And, um, well, you know, he figured it out and he's rerouting reincarnate to uh, to the Pennsylvania Derby. So national treasure will be the uh, only Baffert representative. Um, the American Lion is coming as well uh, to run in the uh, the, the Alan Jerkins. Which, Arabian Lion. Arabian Lion, yes. yes. What did I say? American. American, no. It's not American at all. It's <laughs> not even close. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what to make of the Travers, honestly. Um you know, the field is, is definitely what it should be, you know. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't gather we would have got more than 10, you know, under optimal circumstances. Um, 
But yeah, it, it's an interesting race because you have a horse like Fort Forte, Fort whatever you want to say, Forte that you know seems to be the best horse of this generation or this this crop. But the horse likes to come from behind. He doesn't win you know, in a flashy manner by, by open lengths, he just barely gets there kind of every time. And usually with horses like that, they, they tend to get beat. Yeah. A lot. Um, and when the pace doesn't set up the way they want, I mean, Forte is, has, has proven to be pretty tough in that regard where he kind of runs against the, the bias or the scenario, the pace, uh, set up and kind of runs well, but I, I don't know how many times he can do that. Um, and it's going to catch up to him, especially, you know, facing better horses all the time and then dabbling with the older horses. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Mage is another question mark. It's like, you know, he runs well every time, but is his best effort going to win the Travers? Don't know. There's a lot of question marks. I mean, Scotland, how good is that horse? I mean, he's going to get the setup he wants, but can he win? So, yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a lot going on. It's a, it's a really interesting and entertaining race from from what I can see. And, and, and you know, barring any crazy scratches, I think it'll live up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, you have the winners of the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont in there, and and none of them are going to be the uh, morning line favorite, <laughs> which is which is a rarity, actually. It's a rarity that you get all three of them in the gate, let alone none of them being the favorite. Um, but Forte, you know, he's a proven good horse, and I guess, like you said, he's probably at the head of the class, but I, I don't think he's real, real Not far, far ahead. ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, not far ahead. <laughs> he probably should have been disqualified last time, but um, it, it's it's a difficult race to figure from because there's so many question marks, right? Forte, where's he? You know, what kind of trip is he going to get? Um, Archangelo hasn't run since the the Belmont and has trained like really tremendously for a long time, and I almost wonder if. <laughs> he's just going to be a little bit rank early. Um, Mage, uh, who, who, I mean, they, Romero was pretty adamant about using the Haskell as a stepping stone for this race. And he ran pretty well, <laughs> regardless. Um, and we don't know even much about the horse who won the Haskell and, no, he's not coming back east. Um, Mandela is is going to take on older horses, which I believe is is the right move. I mean, the horse is based on the West Coast. The classic is at the West Coast, and the West Coast older horses are are not good. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense for for him to do that. But he's still kind of a mystery horse, you know, for us. Um, uh, Tapa Trice is going to try ah. again. Uh, he he just seems like he's tailing off. Again, you know, one of those horses that has to be ridden hard every single step. Um, they just don't 
they just don't last. Their form just doesn't last that long because they have to literally be ridden every single step. Uh, National Treasure, who's who? I, I mean, I don't think we really even like at all. Uh, I, I'm guessing he's going to try to go to the lead. Um, yeah, if he can't get to the front, he's he's pretty much useless. Yeah, I, I, I guess <laughs> I mean, maybe it depends on on if if Scotland draws inside of him, or you know which one draws inside is probably going to have to send. Um, and then there's Disarm, who's kind of you know lurking, a wild card, and yeah, might wind up like, sitting third or fourth on the rail and 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 sneaking up the inside. I mean, there's there's no doubt that he he got a late start. Um, this year, and you know, I, I thought the Jim Dandy he was a little flat, but it was a sloppy track, and and I mean his last two were both sloppy tracks. He won the race at Turfway, kind of on on just he just was a little better than those horses. Guts, yeah. But um, <laughs> I mean, it would it, it's not that I love him, <laughs> but I wouldn't be shocked if. if if he pulled an upset here either. So Yeah, like the only one that would actually kind of surprise me if they won would be David Rice. Yeah. <laughs> Funny exactly. enough, it, that's the only one that would surprise me. The others I could see, you know, in, in, in most of the scenarios, you know, you could get somebody into the winner's circle. But David Rice is a tough one. Yeah, I agree. He, he just... About last was uh, maybe like two and a half months ago. I put out a, a you know like a, a three year old top ten, and I had him seventh. And I said I, I really don't have any faith in him. And of all these, I think he's most likely to drop out of the top ten. And right, he's he like you know him, Julia Shining, and uh, was it uh, Justique, or like all of the same ilk where yeah, they just right. They look great closers and yeah, they closers do. always look great when they win, you know, because they kind of swoop by and and everybody else is oh well if they won at this distance they can surely get the next one and and then of course you know the further you stretch out the less pace there is and, and the harder it is for those type of horses. Um, I mean the Alabama was was kind of that way, A quintessential race for that, <laughs> right? I mean. Obviously, on Saturday, the inside was was good, and inside speed was speed was good. phenomenal. Uh, and the Alabama was a race that it was a little bit of a strange race. Number one, there was ten. You know, <laughs> usually the Alabama gets like five, so it was a big field. And you know, to me, I, I was assuming that that Chalka Gelato was going to the lead at all costs. <laughs> And it just goes to show you sometimes how, how when you handicap a race and, and you, you make assumptions, um, it can, you know, it can go astray because the horse didn't break. And, and then just was not really, you know, just kind never of, involved. No, never got involved. I mean, because honestly, the, the, the horse made no <clears throat> sense in the race off of a one six furlong race where it didn't really run that race, you know, run a race at all to, to go a mile and a quarter in the second start. Um, for an outfit like that, that's not running just to run. And, uh, oh yeah, by the way, they had the third choice in the race who was a dead closer. So, I mean, she seemed like she was a rabbit. No one ever asked the question, obviously, but, uh, um, 
we'll put it this way. When I was standing in, in the paddock for the walking ring, by the walking ring, when, when they walked by, Michael Poli and Todd Fletcher were, were walking with a uh, gambling girl. They, they were not working, walking with chocolate gelato. So, but, um, but no, she didn't really break and, and randomizer got to the lead and, and set a solid pace. I don't know. Like, are people, have they lost their minds? They, they think 23 and change, 47 and change going a mile and a quarter is, is a soft pace. <laughs> That's uh, the last two years in the Alabama is going 49 and two, 49 and three. So, you know, like I, I, I'm not really sh- sure why. I mean, it wasn't like a blazing pace, but it certainly wasn't soft. Wasn't soft, no. Uh, especially on that track. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you go back and think about it, just the first four, it was randomizer was on the lead, and um, Kenny McPeak's horse was chasing. Yeah, they only shifted positions like uh, once. Sacred Wish just <laughs> collapsed. Yeah, he stopped. She just she just stopped. I thought she bled. That was my I, guess. I, I would I would guarantee you a bunch of those horses bled. I mean, a lot of really good horses got beat 20, 30, 50 lengths in that race. Um, and it's just uh one of those things that that happens a lot more than it used to. But uh, we know why, and we're not even going to go into it. But uh. I mean, when, um, when when Wet Paint is sitting fourth, <laughs> you, you know, when you're, you're behind trouble. Wet Paint going down <laughs> the backside, yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> you, you you better quickly reassess your positioning because. Uh, and she tried. She tried in the stretch. I mean, she stayed on the inside, and it was you know, it just didn't set up. It, no. it the way the way that race unfolded. And randomizer kind of caught a, you know, a really speed favoring track. I, I, you know, I can't fully accept those results going forward. You know, it, it's got to be kind of with an asterisk, just the way the race was run and, and everything that happened. Um, not that you know, not taking away anything from randomizer. No, uh, right, but he won the race. Um, I I wouldn't say you line those same horses up again this week, and something different happens. You know, true, true. You know, the only thing is that there's so many of them ran so poorly that you, you have to wonder, yeah, you, you know, can, where it's... they're going to show up again. <laughs> you know, yeah. if they'll show back up in the cotillion or not. I mean, that that's. Because that's the next grade one for three-year-old fillies. Right. Is there, there isn't there one more like a Keeneland before the Breeders' um, Cup or no? Well, no. There's the Spinster, but that's for for older. That's for older horses, yeah. right? No, I don't think there's any more big graded stake races for for three-year-old straight three-year-old fillies outside of the Cotillion. I mean, there's a race at Belmont, but it's um, of course like Belmont's not Belmont this year. It's Belmont's Aqueduct. So Aqueduct. But um, no, the you know the only other grade one is the cotillion. So you would assume that that that's the, the you know where most of the rest of them are going to point to. Um, but again, I mean, all the horses that got beat beat way off. I mean, right? I it's like who's going to show up if they don't show up there? Yeah, yeah. So so it'll be interesting. You know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. 
a personal incident on Friday. Yeah, the personal incidents. Speaking of Phillies. Mayor. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a six-horse field as of now. So, <laughs> As of now. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, when you draw, it really gives them trainers a long time to look at them. And think it's, it's not even the trainers; it's it's the racing managers and the, you know those people, and and they 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 um you know they look and they're like, wow, you know, maybe this is not the spot we thought it was going to be, but <laughs> but I mean, Nest, Secret Oath, and Clarier have all been pointing to this spot for a while now, so I mean, it's not a surprise that they're that they're in there, so. Uh, you know, it's just a question mark of who's going to be on the lead in there. I mean, idiomatic, right? So, yeah, is she? She's getting tested for class. This is a big step up for her. Um, Malloy, who I believe is named after Tim Malloy, one of the greats, really of the sport. Yes. No, I, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I was going to say for real. No. Um, <laughs> you know, secret oath. Always an adventure. Uh, Sixty-three caliber Tommy Amos. She, she's got some speed. I, I just never saw her as being fast enough to beat this kind of horse. Um, but you know what? She's there and she's in the race, and we'll see what happens. Uh, the Balsam Spa on uh, on Friday, and uh, excuse me, uh, that's on Thursday. Thursday, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, let's hope that <laughs> let's hope we get it, um, get it off because the weather can... it's supposed to rain on Thursday, right? Like it was raining like two hours ago here. It wasn't uh-huh. supposed to rain at all today. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but probably rained for ten minutes. Uh, Chad Brown only has four in this one. Only so, yeah, yeah, only four. It's uh it's a it's a I mean I hope it stays on the turf. It's it's a nice race, but you know, it's got a bigger field than usual. It's got the rarely seen Cleveland Johnson in a greatest What? And Cleveland is in there for the uh, MTO, but I don't know, it should be a good week. As yeah. long as things stay, yeah. the rain holds. Yeah, I mean, even if it rains, like let's say on Thursday, that's not too bad. Because what I saw, you know, at least the forecast was saying that it's like thirty percent chance, at least today, for Thursday, and then nothing for Friday, which was strange. But then I've seen other things that said it's like forty percent chance on both days. Right, right, right. I don't know. You know, up here, it, it doesn't even seem to matter what the percentages are because... It's the... Same thing here. Yeah. I've seen them predict, you know, 60% chance of rain and it not rain a drop. Right. Well, the the, the sword dance is supposed to be, be this weekend, too. So uh-huh. there's only like six probables as of the other day. Um. That's, you know, that's not a great thing. No, I was going to say, who, who would actually run in that race? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think that hasn't run within the last month. 
I don't know how many of the forego is going to get either. I don't imagine there's a lot of guys real anxious to ride, uh, you know, to run up against Gunite and Elite Power. Um, the Ballon Jerkins is probably not going to be a giant field. Again, you got New York Thunder who just obliterated land speed record, winning the Amsterdam, and and you have um, um, Arabian Lion coming in. So, and his last start, he crushed in the Woody Stevens. Um, I just don't know who else is is even considered. I don't know. I yeah. think Brad Cox is cutting verifying back. Um, I think I saw um, who was the horse that Safi Joseph ran or tried to run in the Derby, and got uh, the one the Lord Miles. Lord Miles, yeah, I think he's going in there. Baffert, I think, is springing somebody else too, but um, still don't understand how Lord Miles won the Wood, but that was whatever. So the Wood is not. I don't think it's going to go down as uh, one of the more spectacular races. Well, the, I lifetime. mean, over the last couple of years, it's been like that. What was that Pletcher horse that was horrible that basically that was the only race he, he won? You know, when you really get down to it, and this is one of the reasons why the people who are talking about extending the, the time between the uh, the Derby and the Preakness just, just, just missed this at all. Is that so many of these Derby preps? We go back and look, and there just aren't that many good horses in them. I mean, guys are just taking shots in those Derby preps, and a lot of times they're just they don't train on, they don't become like you know good horses. Well, look at that prep uh, instant coffee one out in Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, who's come out of that? No, they're not even running. A lot of those right, instant coffee. What he's on the he's, shelf. Yeah, he's uh, in witness protection. I don't know. The I mean, you know, there's gonna, a lot in the. Um, you know, it's going to be a great race if if everybody makes it. Uh, uh, so if the ballerina. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have Goodnight Olive. Okay. You have uh, Matareya. Brad Cox Philly who's fast. Uh, you have Society who just crushed mm. last time at Ellis. I mean, dominated. Big time. Echo Zulu. Um, you have that horse that might uh, stiff to Tampa, Carmel Swirl. <laughs> <laughs> how, did she, how did she get drummed in a in a fifty thousand dollar stake in Tampa. I'm glad you did because I had the winner that day. I remember with the Terry Pompey horse. Yeah, Drafaros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of one of those why is she here? This yeah, it, it just didn't sense. feel like, right. Like what is she <laughs> prepping for? And what you know like what is I almost was like, man, this might just be like a last start, and they're gonna breed her or something like that. Didn't but, she get beat again after that too? Uh, and then no, I think ended she, up winning. She, yeah, she finished like second or something after that. Um, at Keeneland, I think, if uh, I recall right, she she ran okay at Keeneland, and then ended up winning somewhere else after that. Uh, no, she she came back in in uh, she came back at Belmont and, and ran in the stake there. Uh, this <laughs> this so weird. Stake and won. Yeah. 
Now and I remember. Last time she was she was third behind Goodnight Olive and Wicked Halo, but I mean she was right there. She was there, yeah. She yeah, was... like the Tampa race because she was second in the ballerina last year. Yeah, they just didn't. They they really I mean, must you, have known you, she you, was you not about ready lifetime, about her lifetime record. I mean, the Tampa race sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, she she was just not ready by by far the worst race. <laughs> I mean, man, she got beat by horses who would not lose to this the minaret. Yes, the minaret. This the minaret. That is it. That was in February. Because we said, I said, what is she prepping for? There's no. There's no stakes to like the middle of April. The the right they run the Philly stake. Right, the, that she would be in. Yeah, they run the Grade One stake at, at, at Keeneland that uh, Goodnight Olive um, won in, uh, but should have lost. But she won. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's funny. But yeah, she's back in the ballerina this year too. She's back. So that, that, that seems to be crazy. headed in the right direction too, which is bizarre. Yeah. You know, after seeing how bad she was <laughs> in yeah. February, that was one of those you just have to like, like if you're trying to explain to a, a, a person who's just kind of getting involved, you know, like, <laughs> well, why wasn't she good that day? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, is she better than those horses? Absolutely. <laughs> right, they run it to you know they run it now. That horse runs laps around them, but. In February, yeah. she was just not ready. No, that's weird. All. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, uh but anyways, um, you gave out a a, a great selection. The oh, it's great! I just uh, a spray. That was we were on the same horse. Um, you know, it's funny that if you really consider turf racing and you, you go back and you look at the Lake George and you look at the Lake Placid, the lakes, the lake division, um, <laughs> the trip is, is so much more important in turf racing than turf racing. Man, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's just exponential how much position matters in turf racing if you look at the field for both those races it was it's an incredibly well matched group of of fillies they're all like there's seven or eight of them that are all about the same ability level and the trips mean everything and I mean a spray got the trip this time she got a perfect trip right behind the two speeds and she just kind of angled out and yeah, she drew very well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, and you know, before that, the surge protection in the Lake George got the same same trip sort of trip, except she actually came up the rail. She just stayed on the rail. Rosario never moved off the rail, and the horses kind of drifted, and she came right up the inside. And I think if there's there's three or four different fillies in the race, that if had you given them that trip, they might have won the race. Mm. You know, and again, it's not like we're not saying that. She didn't run good. She ran great. But the trip is so important. And if, if she had been drawn outside, um, and, you know, like Surge Protection, who, who did run well again on Saturday, but she wasn't going to get that perfect pocket trip, you know, and it, it made the difference. I mean, that, that was that was all the difference yeah, I, in that I, race. 
I, I thought the draw was really key to the whole race. I mean, even with Heavenly Sunday drawing the rail, it made it that much easier for a spray. Um, yeah, yeah, Heavenly you know, Sunday. They just followed that one. I mean, she, she right. just literally let that one go, just slid right in on the rail behind the two speeds and, yeah. and just eased out. It was the easiest kind of winner. You can't draw it up any better than that. No, no, right. It's like what we said before, where you can't sometimes the, the expectations of how a race is going to fold unfold doesn't happen like the Alabama really didn't unfold. Like, I, mean, I don't <laughs> think anybody saw wet paint sitting fourth or chocolate gelato sitting seventh last. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, that race actually went almost exactly like it was supposed to yeah. go. Which is rare and hardly ever happens. But no. when I saw that happen, I was like, yes. Yeah, going down the backside, I was like, man. I was like, she's no loaded. excuses today. Get out and run. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But she's a good horse. I, I, I tabbed her way back, you know, when she was at Tampa. She ran in a, in a you know, an allowance or optional claimer. And she just blew the doors off that field. She didn't even try. She wasn't blowing hard when she came back. And I was like, wow, this horse is pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, I was on her. I was on her at, at Pimlico and then got off for the Belmont Derby or uh, Belmont Oaks because I thought it was too far. It was out of her scope. You know, a mile and a quarter was a little bit too far. She cut back last, you know, on Saturday. And it was just what the doctor ordered. I mean, you couldn't draw it up any better than that. No. You know what I liked about the Belmont the Oaks race was that she didn't give up. No, she didn't. She and she was really wide. wide. She was yeah, wide. Both turns she got wide and, and she had every right to give up in the stretch and she didn't. She 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 didn't really lose much ground. And like you said, the, the cutback figure, it's just another horse that Chad Brown is, you know, um right. he developed through got. Tampa. <laughs> Yeah, he knows a lot what he of them. an Italian. Um, the horse that last year, what's the Bleaker Street. one? Yeah, Bleecker Street. I mean, the the ones he runs at Gulfstream are not the ones to follow. The ones he runs at Tampa, those are the ones, the Phillies especially. But uh, kind of unbelievable, to be honest with you, that if you told me twenty years ago <laughs> that there'd be all these these great Phillies coming through Tampa uh, under any you know, circumstance or any division, I'd be like, what are you, crazy? Doesn't happen, yeah. but... It's, two in a row. Two years in a row. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a lot of good Phillies coming out of there. Nest was another one. That, yeah, yeah, right. In the Sun Coast. Yep. Last year. Uh, That's true. She took off from there. This year was uh, a spray, and I guess you can include Money's Gold in that, too. Yeah, and he's gold right there. No, Tampa is is definitely a, Kings a Barnes was the day after. Kings Barnes, yes. Who's now in witness protection? Yeah. The king. <laughs> the new materiality. That was that was the one that uh, our guy Swift just mushed. Yeah, he, he, he pushed that one into another dimension. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> caused, he caused bone bruising. Bone bruising due to Swift. It's like Swift rides them. It's like he's actually on top of them. Just, <laughs> just pounding their poor legs. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Saturday. Um, I think I think it should be a good day, although a long day, as you know. Yes, but my feet already hurt. <laughs> but it, I think I think it's it's timely. Like we 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 need a big day, you know, as an industry yeah. at this point. Uh, like the last, you know, since we've been at Saratoga, basically. It's just been wild. Like a lot of weird stuff has been happening. A, a big day that goes off without a hitch, right? Yeah, or controversy. Yeah, I gotta or... give that disclaimer and yes. the, the asterisk because the last big day we had didn't go so well on that front. No, or Jim Dandy Day where everybody left thinking that. Uh... No. Well, they left thinking the stewards are incompetent, but that's that doesn't that's not uh, exclusive to big days. That happens often. It's hard to believe that's only two more weeks left of the meet, man. Hard to believe that California got a hurricane. I know, right? <laughs> It's it's just been a, a strange year to all around. COVID's coming back. What what else could go wrong? I mean, oh, COVID. Seriously, <laughs> people get sick to COVID. Hey, our our household is sick right now, so not with COVID though. I don't think. Had you to guys... pick Breezy up from school this morning. It. Nine o'clock AM. I think Breezy's faking. She just wanted to bet the PA breads at parks today. She did. She was she was on the app. She was firing away. At she's the... on Twin Spires throwing out dollar try boxes like a bad better. Taught her better than that. Yeah. Part wheels. Right. Part wheels. What's the Pick matter? One. Pick one. Oh, man, I'm tired today. I actually went. To, I, I was at the. I was at the track this morning. Yeah, I saw a, a rare, a rare. What time though? I I got there at eight o'clock. What? Yeah. What? So that means you you must have got up at like six thirty. You know, believe it or not, I mean, I'm usually up at like ridiculously early times. Yeah, because you're I used just don't. To doing I just that. don't leave. Have it. <laughs> I just don't go anywhere. Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> that's that's the thing is I don't actually like you know leave but um, <laughs> yeah I was was out there it was quiet it was really quiet which was nice but uh saw a little little action on the main track it was, it was actually really quiet. And everybody was surprised to see you out there it wasn't Jeez. actually. I honestly, I didn't see very many people. It was it was it was? Oh wow! Quiet. I kind of snuck in. Well, you're famous for that. I so. snuck in. Yeah. Incognito. But it was it was a really nice day. Just uh, this morning was was really nice, and, and that's the you know the odd thing about the Saratoga meet has been that despite having a tremendous amount of rain. 
there's been a lot of really nice days and it hasn't been like super muggy. Like last year we didn't have hardly any rain, but there was a lot of days where it was like freaking ungodly hot. Uh, but that really hasn't happened. There has been very, very few of those. Um, of course, there's been very few of those days that would have <laughs> helped dry the turf course out too. But um, no, it's always. Uh, I don't know as many people back there as I used to. I mean, a whole generation of, you know, grooms and assistants and stuff have, have uh, turned over. So. Yeah, but you might not know them, but they know you. Sir. I guess. I guess they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But um, I got to go to the doctor tomorrow. Oh, for the Darth Vader mask? Yeah. That's good. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I, yep. All I know is doctors make you go there like a lot and they <clears throat> charge every time. Yeah, it seems like we could get all this stuff done in like one, one shot. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll see. We will see. What else is going on down there? Nothing much, to be honest with you. Still scorching hot? It cooled off uh, actually today. So I think the high was 87, which it hadn't been in a long time, or at least it felt that way. Um, it's last hundreds, like triple digits every day. So now the, the relief has come and it feels really good. Like today was gorgeous. Probably the best day of the summer, weather-wise. No rain. No 100-degree temps. Mm. Did you you watch the Queen's Plate? Yes, sir. Well, like, I guess it's... King's Plate, sir! The King's Plate, after that creep Charles. Ugh. He's a weirdo. I don't like that guy <laughs> at all. If I was ever president, I might consider like starting a fight with with England. Yeah, yeah, just because yeah. of him. Yeah, yeah. Like raid Buckingham Palace. Check that guy's computer for for n- nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trafficking. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the looks of that guy at all. Uh, you know, and we can say that because you know we won the war, buddy. <laughs> we left. That's right. Started our own shit. That's right. Um, otherwise, that, otherwise that, that... we'd all be be football fans. <laughs> Footy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really follow. Was was a, was a farce. Man. What do they call that thing? Soccer? That much? But that guy Messi seems like he's pretty good. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> It's like he's like Michael Jordan playing against like ten year olds. Yeah, in that league, it's ridiculous. He seems he like he's pretty, he seems like he's pretty good. <laughs> he does absolutely what he wants. Uh, I, I looked at the the PPs for the the Kings plate. My friends were from Florida. Were up uh, 
good dudes, man. They were they were so happy to get out of the Florida heat because they live in South Florida. Oh, so they and, uh, had yeah. it. I did. Yeah, the first day I saw what well, my friend Evan, he's like, man, it's like I can breathe. He's no, he's like, it's, I'm, I'm I'm a little chilly. It's like seventy five. <laughs> yeah, seventy five. Like, I, I haven't seen this uh, outside in, in in months, but um, they were looking at the the Kings playing. I was like, man, who do you like? Said, I can't make heads or tails of this race. I don't like Chad Brown's horse. I didn't like that horse at all. I didn't like no, he's a bum. Yeah, and I said, I don't even know throw, why he's in it. Like, you can throw that one out. I go, but. There's like nine others that you know. You look at it, it's like, well, you can make a case. And so I, 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 I took that. the Philly, the two that finished second. I, yeah. Um, I thought the Phillies actually ran better than than most of them, and it was such a farce because they just really just let that horse get the lead, like nobody even attempted to challenge right. the horse that got the lead, and and it was over. Yeah, you'd think at a seventeen horse field there'd be at least somebody would go. And there was a lot of speed on paper, or at least yeah. it, it was it was it was it was a difficult race. I mean it was a really difficult race. The other day we had the uh, we had the match race at the harness track. Oh yeah, with a uh, Flav. Flav. He looked good in the bike, man. I- I'm telling you. He Yo, he, maybe he should he drive should for that. uh the Svonstedt stable. He should. He should. He's better than Naki, right? Already, he is definitely better. Stone hands. Okay. No, it was good. They forgot to tell Brett Beckwith, like you know, don't blow by going past the half because we're trying to make a race out of it because it's not you know an actual race. It's for charity and have it be close. <laughs> but he's twenty one. He didn't so. listen. He's twenty one years old. He's you know he didn't get it. But uh, no, it was good. To, man, there was a ton of people out there. I was gonna say, what was the crowd like? People, big crowd. More way. <laughs> I should say more than usual. Way more than usual. <laughs> more than usual. There's usually like thirty people standing outside in April on a Saturday night, but there was it was packed. It was a lot of a lot of people. Naira did a more promotion for it than Arnis Track did. Arnis Track, they're. They didn't really do a lot of promotion for it, but no, and they, 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 they kind Mary of. Mary McDermott, Kevin McDermott, who's a trainer, harness trainer. She, she did a lot of leg work, and um, it was, it was a cool thing, you know. Yeah, it went off without a hitch, which is always what you're hoping. But no, Flavian looked good in the bike. He looks like a natural. I mean, he sits there well, and I know he's been, been going over there and driving a lot. But man, there's people that that have been driving for years that don't look like they're comfortable in the bike. And and he did good. He he would he would be fine. My friend, my, my friend said he's already too, he's already advanced past the amateur stage for the the Meadowlands races. There you go. Those are bad. Those are really bad. Those guys drive like maniacs. I can't believe I actually bet on those races. I say you that like every betting time, and I end up betting them again. So. I know. I know. Every time, because there's always somebody you say, "Well, this horse got an eight wide trip last time." So, and what happens then? The next time they get the guy gets locked in for his life. Those are those type of races that we were talking about earlier, where they never go as you see no. them on paper. <laughs> they never do. <laughs> those races are nuts, man. 
Never. They never go the same way. Like to me, that's how Indiana Downs or whatever that's called. Who oh, they're turf racing. They're turf racing there. Guys just <laughs> sit five wide on purpose. The leaders just always wander to the middle of the track. Man, I got to give it up to, to Horseshoe Indianapolis because they like start those cars with the with the with the quarter horses at like the crack of dawn and they don't end until like 6 p.m. Yeah, that, those it's are the marathon. Those are definite marathons. Uh I, I saw the Churchill uh and this was something that we had talked about last year. Um the Iroquois and the Pocahontas have both been been, been cut back to mile to one turn. Oh, miles. one turn miles, yeah. And and they're, they're points races, right? Um, I believe they are. Yes, but they're like ten point races. But I remember saying last year that these the races are too far. These horses, like it was a yeah, because it was a fest. stagger fest in, right. the, in the lane. Like yeah. uh, even the year before, I think it was wasn't it the that horse Raylu was riding right. That was probably the best horse, like the best I've seen a horse finish up in that race. Yeah, no, they're and like that's said, been that way in a while. They just it just makes a lot more sense for them to be one turn races. Yeah, that early because yeah, you had I remember last year I think almost all the horses in the colt race were, were stretching out to two turns for the first time. Yeah, you mentioned that when we were talking about yeah. it. I mean, they're all sprinters, and a lot of them were coming out six furlong races too. And it's like, man, there's no progression. It's just automatically bang right to to a mile and sixteenth, and they got to the top of the stretch and, and they just were like all falling apart and. <laughs> And and uh, it's it's you know was, I'm not saying they had, we have anything to do with it, but it, it is good to see that they did uh, they did cut those back. Um, I thought it was kind of eerie um, looking at the pictures. Um, our guy Evers put up the guy that goes to oh, Hong Kong all the time. Yeah, he put up the picture of Beholder and Beholder's foal tomorrow. Of course. It, it's 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 freaky how how much she looks like Beholder. I mean, she looks exactly like Beholder. It's it's wild. But uh, she made her a winning debut on Saturday. Did you see the Delmar uh, the Delmar Oaks? Yeah. Have you ever seen the the Red Sea part like that ever? No. I was trying to explain it to my dad, and I said it wasn't <laughs> like he snuck up the rail. It was like. No, just part of the, like, like everybody abandoned I don't the rail. Why? Why? Uh, Kent D didn't kind of stay to the rail. He kind of drifted out and stayed there. I mean, it was not a good weird. Field. I mean, it was not a good field. When you look at that race, it was it was a weak the race. Was really that weak. Should not be a great one race. But um, the winner's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. The winner's good, but I've never seen a horse at odds on sit last and then never move off the rail <laughs> it just wasn't it was like like she won by accident kind of yeah it, it was like everybody like was it was just bizarre I'd never seen every everyone abandon the rail i mean she was like three horse paths from anybody else there was horse out in the middle of the track it's so weird too because you know like there's sort of an optical illusion um, at Del Mar because you would think like 
the stretch isn't as on the turf. The stretch isn't as far as it looks. Right, right, right. And it's a little deceiving, you know, when you see turf races run there because you have to be kind of within a length or two at the top of the stretch. You don't see many horses launch like they do at, at Saratoga sometimes where they just come from way, way back and they just fly. You never see that. Usually they're they're around it. And, and that horse, like you said, just really kind of ran the same speed around the whole track and just was was a little bit faster at the end than, than the rest of them and just got a clear run. And that uh, it was just weird. I don't even know. I made a big bet yesterday. The only big bet. <gasps> yesterday what? Was, on, was in a turf sprint, believe it or not. What? I bet Crown Imperial. And the uh, the Bolton Landing, the two mm. horse. I, I just couldn't understand why that horse wasn't getting bet. The horse went off eight to one in a five horse field, <laughs> and and amidst waves, one for George Weaver and company. Uh, she was the best horse going in. She had the best credentials, and she ran best yesterday. I mean, I'm not saying she didn't, but man. Eight to one was just crazy. Yeah, it was a little absurd. And in the two in a, a five horse field, like the two outside horses, I didn't like at all. And I mean, I was sitting there waiting, 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 you know, like waiting for the the eight, the seven, six, nine to two. You know, it never came. And and I, and turning for home, the the rail opened up, and I was like, oh man, but uh, but she got beat, but. Man, that was uh, it was close, bro. Yeah, I, 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 at first I didn't think the three was gonna get up. I was hoping. Kind of wide and uh, kind of took a minute to kind of get going. Yeah, thought the two might have, you know, snuck up the rail and and kind of beat her to the to the spot, so to speak. Game of Silks, yeah. we got uh, had a winner that day too last week. Yeah, yeah. What's the race this week? Uh, the race this week is the second race on Thursday. State Bread's going five and a half on the turf that almost assuredly will not be on the turf. <laughs> uh, I think they're taking all the turf sprints off. Um, all the non-turf. Sprint stakes, I think, are coming off the turf for the rest of the meet. So that race, uh, which has a bunch of horses entered in it, there's that sucks. I think there's uh, fourteen. So I mean, most of those races in the state bred state, they all stay in anyways. Yeah, I, was I mean, say. the race the the other day when we won um, was the Katie Davis on the rail, the horse I sent you a picture of today. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the race, a state bred race, and there was uh, two scratches. One was part of an entry, so they there was only one betting interest lost. Um, so I mean, it'll probably be stay together pretty much. There'll be a couple scratches, but there's there's a couple main track onlys and there's a couple AEs too. So that's how I, I felt I, about the last race yesterday. Like they knew it wasn't going to stay on. Like it, it, the entries look like everybody knew that that race was not going to be run on turf. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of those cheaper races, people are trying the turf because their horses aren't running good in the dirt. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it's not like they're, you know, made in 30s generally aren't turf made in 30s. They're just, you know, made in 30s. Um, uh, my friend's horse, Jim Hooper, uh, he he bred the, <laughs> the horse who finished third, and um, the horse ran well. I mean, it, it, for first time out, homebred, and you know, only have one horse. <laughs> got claimed. <laughs> he got oh, claimed. claims. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, he's mad. He's mad. <laughs> and he said, "He goes, listen. I know that financially." Getting thirty five thousand because he finished third, so he got five thousand dollars first third. He goes getting thirty five thousand for that horse is like you know gold, a great move like financially because we're the breeders and we get breeders awards and blah blah blah. So and it was claimed by you know a New York outfit, but um, he goes, man, <laughs> it sucks because you know I mean this horse is a three year old, it's not a two year old, so. You know, he's been he's had the horse for years now, right? And, and he's only got thirty five thousand to show for it. That's yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that um, people at the lower levels do have the right, and that it discourages people from from raising horses, from from getting involved in the game in that manner because um, you're forced to run to run your horse for a tag, and before you really even know what you got, you know, and it, like you said, he goes, listen, I know that he wasn't a, um, a maiden special type horse. I get it, but I just wish there was like, uh, you know, those auction maiden races or, or something similar to that for, for older horses too, so that we had a chance we could run the horse in a, in a spot or two. Well, there you go. Having to run them for a tag, and and I, I know a lot of people do feel that way, especially in the regional markets. Um, yeah, well, let's get it out there. I mean, it, it, why not write that race? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no reason why they shouldn't because it's going to fill, and you're going to get, you know, it, it keeps the 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 smaller outfits in play. Yeah, and that's um, that's what we need. And the truth is that the other first timer. Mike Maker had a horse who was a first timer. Uh, he got claimed too. <laughs> so, who the eight? Uh, well, no, Watchfire. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey Toby and Watchfire from the last that Saratoga yesterday both got claimed. Both first time starters both got claimed. First time out. Hmm. I, I mean, I remember a time not that long ago where it, it wasn't. You didn't see first time claimers, first time horses get claimed very often just didn't happen very often now yeah, it's, now it's like they have a target on their back the way yeah, you know yeah. well one of the things too is that you have um you have a safety net with the voided claiming rule so that if the horse is kind of like disastrous then you're you don't have to worry because they get voided and you don't have to get them and the other thing is that you know that was a forty three thousand dollar purse Ten years ago, that was a like a, a nineteen thousand dollar, twenty two thousand dollar purse. So, there's money to be made in those races if you have a horse that can hit the board and win. And 
I mean, the old sayings to win a, a, a bad race, you got to have a bad horse. <laughs> I mean, you can't expect, I mean, they run a lot of cheaper races. Um, you got to have something to run in the race to win it. So there's a lot of demand for ready-made racehorses out there. There really is. And the supply is not that great. Well, it's almost like that debate you kind of got into with uh, Swifty over <laughs> over the Keeneland stuff with the two-year-olds. I mean, like you said, you know, there there's a market for guys like John Innes. Yeah, exactly. That develops these horses and then sells them. I mean, it, it's viable. Yeah, no doubt. There, there's a lot of layers to the game. I mean. It's not like every horse needs to be developed in this manner, this fashion, this way. Some are, some are ready early, and some are not ready early. And the right. ones that are ready early, not having races for them, what for what? What what are you trying to do? Oh, because they're not going to be good as four year olds. They're not going to be good as four year olds anyways. Right. You, you really can't. You know, it's kind of the strike while the iron is hot sort of deal. And he, you, he, the, he, the, the horse takes you where they want. You know, as, as they keep winning, they, they take you as far as they want to go. People have a lot of convoluted ideas about horses and, and like, that. oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And uh, a lot of horses that people consider having soundness issues, it's not soundness issues at all, it's breathing issues. And those don't get better as horses get old, older, they get worse. So, I mean, it's just, there's, there's gotta be, um, somewhere for people to outside of the big outfits to, to run. There just has to be, because you just can't fill enough races on a day-to-day basis. Right. You're just going to have like the, the Todd Pletcher, Chad Brown square off every race. You go through like DRF formulator. And one of the great things about it is that you can click Stats. on mm-hmm. you can click on the mare's name and you can see you know, what her race record was. You see her PPs and and all of the siblings PPs. And it's kind of sobering when you when you start clicking on those mares and then and and you see um, how many foals they have and how few of them were, were really successful racehorses. And it isn't because they started early at Keeneland. It isn't because uh, they did this or they did that. It's just because that's just the what they were. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to get good racehorses. It's just hard. It's a hard thing to do. Into Mischief's a great stallion, a tremendous stallion, one of the great stallions of the last few decades. Yeah, but ninety percent of his horses are duds. Ninety percent of well, they're not duds, but ninety percent are not well, stake winners. They're not stake winners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has plenty of good horses, but remember, he stands for two hundred fifty thousand or more. <laughs> so you know, you that's a, what I. You, you, you get know, a nice allowance horse by him, and it's a cult or a gelding. Well, that's great, but that's... it's funny you say that because that's how I thought about Constitution. When I, I remember the other day, you were you were kind of, you know, <laughs> my Constitution obsession. Yeah, and I think a lot of his horses are okay. They're just not stake winners. No, they're not stake horses. And, he stands for $110,000. Right. And that, that's wild to me because he doesn't have stake winners. Not a lot. You know, not a whole lot. Um, but a lot of his horses are decent. Like, they're really good. Yes, but they're just not stake winners. Going long. 
I mean, yeah. he, it, it's it's his thing. I mean, the horses have stamina. The thing is that we there's not a lot of them that have stamina at the top top level, and they don't have that many long distance races now. <laughs> right, unless they're on the turf. Really, I'm... right, and and understanding, of course, the stud fee has a lot more to do with how much they sell for. But my question was always kind of the. The, why are they uh, selling for that much? Yeah. <laughs> why are people buying? Why are they spending so much on these horses? Because it's not because of the success of, of the fold. Riding with Biden is, is, is one of them. Like was like, yeah. He's a parks horse. Uh, you and Sid would be proud of me. I was I was explaining uh pedigree stuff uh to my wife on Saturday. Using using phrases like "built downhill," be nice. Oh yeah, you guys would have been proud, man. Did she believe you? Yes, she did. I, okay. I did a good sell sell job, and I told her that I learned this stuff from you know just listening and talking to you and Sid. And she was like, "Huh?" You didn't tell her. <laughs> she, she was, was impressed. Downhill, she right? was impressed. Did you, tell her, did you tell her she was built downhill? <laughs> You see, if I would have said that, you would have got the calls like, Chuck, I'm in the hospital. I got stabbed. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not life-threatening. But Oh, yeah. I'm just letting you know I'm here just in case. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing a couple fingers. Well, at least he didn't say she's scopey. I hate that word when these people say. Uh, yeah, well, she gives me the bitey report. That's like, unsolicited. That, that's like my pet peeve: the scopey, all oh, the scopey. I hate. When people used to say, "Oh, the track is cuppy." No one, no one says it anymore. No one says it. I've never. Heard, I haven't like, heard that in a long time. I haven't heard that since like the '80s <laughs> or the '90s. Oh, so it's deep? No, it's not deep. It's cuppy. Cuppy. Like, like, what's the difference? Well, you know, cuppy is cuppy. <laughs> I remember I heard that at a at a Saturday breakfast program at, at Saratoga. Really? I was a kid, yes. And in fact, it was Chelsea Canny who said it. And she was talking about Le Carrier. Just think about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I saw Edgar Prado the other day. I know, Saturday. I saw. It's the man right there. That's my guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. He was up here with his family. You know, he's a great sire, Edgar Prado. He's got like a daughter that's a surgeon and a son that's oh, a boy. pilot. And uh, another another child that did something impressive sounding. Was so guy. he was just up there on vacation? Uh, yeah, seemed like it. Him, his family, his wife was here. That's cool. Yeah, I just was was walking. Uh, I, actually, I was was walking with Keith uh, O'Brien, Leo O'Brien's son, who's nice. working for the Jockeys Guild now. And um, all of a sudden, Edgar Prado was like there. I was like, "Oh, it's Edgar Prado." <laughs> <laughs> it's always a nice surprise. Yeah, Edgar's a great guy, man. What's he up to these days? He's just chilling, or he just retired like uh, two months ago. No, I know that, but is he is he really? I think retired? he doesn't really know what to do because you know horse racing people like Ramon Dominguez and become like a a, a, a 
Kenyan marathon runner. Right. Well, horse racing people don't retire when they Ramon Dominguez is like the most famous runner in Saratoga. The guy runs like all over the place. Yeah, he he can always. And he doesn't run slow. He runs fast. Yeah, he can run for me then. I'm telling you, he's from Venezuela, but there's some Kenyan in that guy. (laughs) You see him start running barefoot. He told me the last race he was in, he won. Nice. Yeah, he like wins these things. Yeah, Edgar yeah, that's said one thing I'll never win is a marathon or anything that has to do with running, Ed, just Ed, running. Edgar said, you know, Ramon's like 10 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sound like the running type, so that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm with him. See, that's why That's why we're the same. No, it's true. Like, what do you do when you're a jockey and you retire? Well, that yeah, that I was curious um, because people that say they retire from horse racing don't ever retire. They just end up doing something different than what they were doing when they were unretired or not retired. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, who was it last week? Oh, it was Nick Zito saying he was going to do consulting and kind of being a racing manager, I guess. Nick Zito's got a flip phone, man. That's dope. Yeah. He's still rocking the flipper. See that 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 opens up a lot of opportunities for things that he doesn't have a smartphone. Yeah. Because he could just be like, "Oh, I can't do it. I don't have a smartphone." That's true. Never thought about that. So he he's limited in his phone capabilities. So if he gets a text and he doesn't text back, he's like, I got a flip phone, man. What do you want? Right. See, he's he's in. He's living in 3,023. We're in 2023. That's true. I'm looking forward to this weekend, but I'm not looking forward to the post times. It's the only thing that, I mean, it's not even a big deal, I guess. It's annoying more than anything else. Yeah. It it is annoying. See at the track though, I, I, I think I told you this before, is at the track I don't really notice it. It's at home. I really un- understand the post drag. It you feel it. Yeah. It's different. It's uh, listen, it's aggravating at the track too. I don't find I get aggravated at it at the track. When your feet start hurting you do. Yeah. Well, yeah. When they hang up the the sixty piece <laughs> in race ten and race eleven is an hour away. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's too much. It is too much, especially when we have people uh, from major racetrack corporations saying that we gotta we gotta shave time off of the official making the race official because 90 seconds is too long. <laughs> Though the, you know, they'll regularly hang out 32 minutes to the next race. Somehow that's not too long. Just more stuff that baffles. Low hanging baffles me. We should take care of that low hanging fruit. Just the strangest, oddest. Don't know what you're supposed to say to things like that. 
Anything weird happen at the track this weekend? <sighs> I, I mean, the track always some something weird always happens. Whether it's somebody you see doing something weird. No, it was or... it's it's actually been it's been 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 oddly quiet. Oh, that's not good. Because that means that something something weird is going to happen. There was a good crowd on Saturday, but Sunday was was very. It, it didn't seem like it was it was that big of a crowd. Um, it was a really nice day, but you say everybody left after the steak race though. <sighs> Yesterday, <laughs> well, the steak race or was Friday race. Steak Friday. race was race four. Maybe it was well, Friday. Friday was hat day. Friday they got the the the, the, the hats. I didn't even get to the race until like the sixth race on Friday. Did you get a hat? I did not. What? No, I did not. All right, that's it. No hat. I got to get DiCarlo on the line. Yeah, I don't think he had a hat either. He, he got a hat. On Saturday. I saw he probably got five. three hats. Every time I looked, looked around or turned around, there was Chris DiCarlo. <laughs> He's the pulse of the street, man. He's, He's like stalking around all over the place. Gets his, gets his steps in, I guess. He's a racing official. That's his post race, post racing career. He's gonna be a racing official. See, that's what I tell you. Nobody retires. Look at Louis Carvajal. Same thing. Yeah, he's back. Retire. He didn't retire. No, he took a hiatus. Oh, now he's training again. Is he? Yeah, he's back. Oh. <laughs> he's back. Honestly, I didn't think that was gonna last because he's not, he's not a no no. They don't exactly overwhelm overwhelm you with uh, with pay in those those racing official jobs. I didn't know. Is he at Mammoth? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he can somehow finagle and get midday image back. Although he's he's found a new career as a as a grass sprinter, yeah. But he make a he make a good rabbit at this stage of his career. Absolutely, he can get to the front. Huh. Rabbits are us. We're gonna start a rabbit uh, rabbit service. Business. We're gonna we're gonna point him out. We're gonna start rabbit gotta... business. We're just gonna start buying up rabbits. Selling them to people with closers. Oh, we'd be Chad Brown's number one on our list. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, I did not see it on the website because I did not go on the website, but uh, supposedly Chris Clement has some sort of sanction for using Dantrium on, on his affiliate that has not made a start. <laughs> What people are just now figuring out that High Sense is a, a, a bunch of bumbling morons. Oh, that's Chad so Brown weird. got a positive for Gastrogard for a horse, a, a working out. I said, you know, they, they got it backwards. What they should do is require horses to get Gastrogard when they work out. If anybody knew anything about a damn horse. Now, now a horse that's that, that ties up are supposed to stop giving a medication to have work a workout. Yeah, that's I mean, these people are just it, it's just it's just senseless. It's 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 hard for me to make 
a connection that people would understand. But these are like things that the, that are good for the horses. They're beneficial for them. They're not. Who would use a PED in a workout, anyways? <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's 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 like it's like if you're you're a pitcher and and you were throwing a bullpen session in between starts, and you scuff the ball up. <laughs> You throw spitballs at the, you know, like it, it just—it it makes no sense. Like, why would you even test for it if you work for these people, and and this is on the list of things you're testing for, and you, and you have any clue of what you're you're doing? You say, well, there's no. Why would we test for this? This is why stupid. is that on there? Yes. <laughs> and if you didn't, then you're stupid. You are stupid if you make the rules, and you're so stupid you don't. Take things like Gastrogard and Dantrim off, off the list. I can just, I can hear Clement. Like, what is this? <laughs> Why is this on here? And these are not horses that are even racing. These are two horses that, that, that have never raced. That's Why even are you worse. Testing them for, for things like that. These are therapeutic medications. They're these are what you're supposed to be using. You're supposed to use these things. All you assholes who think horses shouldn't get any medication have never been around a horse. Horses have issues like everyone else. Tying up is, is, is cramps in a, in a horse. Cramps, muscle cramps. Should we ignore those? Should we just ignore them? That, that's my question, everyone. Should we just pretend they don't happen? <laughs> Leave the let the horse stay in pain, or no, we can give them this medication, which helps them. It doesn't; they don't get them with this. Not every time; it's not one hundred percent foolproof, but it has no. There's no reason it wouldn't be in a horse to have a workout, a workout, not a race, a workout. Same with gastrogard; it's to coat the stomach of a horse. Well, that's the thing. What's what's the goal? You know that that still doesn't control. They want to they want to control everything. They're ruining things and be, and everyone's oh well you're over exaggerating. No, I'm not. I'm not. You think I'm over exaggerating? <laughs> How's steak racing in this country done gone in the last couple of years? Is 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 it much better? You think it's really great now? No, not when people. Where's all the appreciation? Opt, they opt to go and run an allowance race versus a, exactly. a steak race. <laughs> where, where, where's all the appreciable difference in, 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 in uh, racing and, and, and the, the view of racing and, and how people from the outside look at it? It doesn't exist because it, it, it's bullshit. It's always been bullshit. People are going to see what they want to see. People aren't going to look at some technical rule thing and say, oh, well, geez, I'm okay with it now. Right, idiots think that way. Idiots. Someone said there was like a thousand eighty-five violations so far by from Heisel. A thousand, and and you would think almost a thousand of them would not have been violations because most of them are, are whip violations. And what has it done for for racing's outlook? What has it done for racing's? Uh, view in the public nothing nothing it's still the same nothing it does nothing 
Now you're going to give, oh, well, we don't penalize them or, oh, they just get warnings or, oh, they just, why is it in the first place? It's like pulling someone over for going the speed limit and having your seatbelt on. <laughs> just, it's just stupid. It just makes no sense. This is the thing. And people say, well, you know, you got to give it time. Why? 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 If the IRS came and seized your house because right. they had some oh, just give them time. What are you going to tell them? Oh, you know, geez, you know, they made a mistake. Yeah, what are you going to do? You know, the philosophy has gone so far off kilter from what it should have been and what people were told. I mean, it's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy to think that that this would would be like this. You don't have to be like me and call them morons, even though they are. But you, you should be skeptical about it. And if you support it, you should be saying, why can't we fix these rules without having to have an embarrassment of, of uh, op-ed pieces that decry the fact that people aren't getting um, due process from a government agency, even though, quote-unquote, it's not a government agency because it, it's this, you know, skirting the, the the line in this gray area of of bullshit that it, it, it's underneath the the control of the FTC which is absolutely a government agency but it's not a government agency so we don't have that I mean they were embarrassed into those moves it wasn't done because they oh we're correcting a mistake they were ashamed into them joke And we have no agendas here. We don't care. No, we don't. We, None. We, you know, you know who sponsors us and who pays us? <laughs> we do. Nobody. We do. We Nobody. We don't take money from any. Any. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't really. take money from any of the tracks. This is our view because we love the game. There's a lot of convoluted people, thought processes that people take, and they're just. It, it's not about, oh, this is my opinion, that's your opinion. I, I'm just telling you the facts. The facts are when, when you have a race like the Alabama and half the field gets beat 25, 30 lengths. That's not a good thing. That's not a positive. Those are supposed to be our best horses. And, they, and, and you know, you cast a, a, a doubt on, on their continued participation. Where do you think you're going to see Julia Shindig next? I can tell you where. I can tell you exactly where you're going to see her next. Sale. You're going to see her. She's going to be into Mischief's girlfriend for a day. <laughs> it just isn't going to work, man. <laughs> That's the thing is. Anybody that thinks like this is going to advance racing, they're just wrong. It just isn't. It just isn't. It, it, it wasn't the real problem in racing. Right. I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not saying that regulation, the regulation was, was done terribly by the states. It just is. It's, there's a piece in the, the, the local paper about the corruption at the New York State uh, Gaming Commission, of course, which does 
uh, lottery and the casinos and, and other things other than racing. But didn't they? Uh, weren't they the same people that controlled the OTB back in the day? Yes. Okay. Well, so I I don't know if they controlled it, but OTB that they, they, that was their own. I mean, there still are OTBs, but um, it, it's just a, a complete lack of understanding of of, of what is going to eventually just kill this. Everybody's got their little pet peeves about this or about that, all slots or this or that. But mm-hmm. in the end, you, you're making it where the participants don't want to participate. You're just making it too difficult. On all sides, too. Like, you know, doesn't have players to quitting to trainers be, quitting. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this way. And that's the thing is when someone on Twitter talked about it the other day and then the Time Lord said, you know, Chuck has been for a centralized uh, stewards, you know, school, uh, centralized oversight. They, they should all come for they, Stewards shouldn't work for racetracks. They just shouldn't. It's a conflict of interest. And I, I didn't always believe that, but I completely 100% believe it now. Even if there are certain tracks aren't actively conflicting interests. They're not doing it. It, it could be, it, they just should, they shouldn't work. If, it looks if, bad. If, if you went to a baseball game and, and the home team employed the umpires. <laughs> you <know? laughs> right. You know what you're going to get. Right. It's why in the bowl games, uh, if a team from the Big Ten and the team from the Southeast Conference are playing, they get ACC refs. They don't have one of the two conference referees because the 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 appearance. Not that the referees would cheat for their conference, but the appearance is is what you want, right? You want neutrality. But the you know the guy was oh so now you're on to the centralized. Like, no man, I was never against centralized government. I was never against a, a single entity. It just never. I. I I just wanted a good one. Right. <laughs> oh, something that worked. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to have one regulation body than there is 27. No one and this is this is another falsehood that, that the Pollocks of the world always try to, to use is that oh well you're against if you're against Heisa, then you're for this. No, that's not it. I could be against everything. It's like it's like Republicans and Democrats. I'm against all of them. <laughs> I don't like any of them. I think they all suck. <laughs> so like, I can be against both the state commissions, which are run poorly in most states, and, and against HISA, too, because it's not run properly. It's not doing what we need it to do, and that's advance the cause of horse racing. We need to advance the cause of horse racing. We need to advance the business of horse racing, not just be regulatory douchebags. And that's what we have. We have a bunch of douchebags. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> If you are going to, 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 to call a positive test for Gastrogard and Dantrium, then you don't know what you're doing. You don't know anything about horses, and you are just – or you're just obstinate enough to, to try to cause harm to the game. And I don't care how long people have worked in this business. There's lots of people working in the business for a long time that, that, that do things that, that do not uh, advance the cause of racing. Sure. And you know what the funny thing about it is, Barry? Most of the, the 
the people who are against people like you and me, it's not the <laughs> older people, it's the younger generation. Because these nitwits are too stupid to understand there's not going to be any horse racing if things don't change. And the smaller it gets, the, the smaller it shrinks, the deader it is. Instead of supporting it and saying, you know what, let's challenge what we'll be what Let's challenge the, the betting menus that we'll be given. Let's challenge the way people are treated. Let's challenge the, the way the, the, the races are administered. Let's challenge everything so that we can make it better. Because I don't know anything that we do that's, that's actually like uh, streamlined and, and completely um, doesn't need to be improved. Yeah, what, what, I can't. What think area of the game could you say that? Like, hey, you know what? This is really pretty good. We don't have to worry about that. Let's just, you know, it's fine. It's great. You know, the Derby, the Triple Crown, I guess. Yeah, Triple Crown. The maybe. only thing you could say yeah, that, about. and they want to screw that up, <laughs> right? They're getting their hands on that too. No, there's this this thought process among a lot of people who just don't seem to get it that. The squeaky wheels are the ones who who make things happen. That if you let the uh, we we've let these tracks, and 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 the commissions and all the the nonsensical organizations, we let them go for so long. The horsemen are are just they're paralyzed now. The groups are paralyzed. They can't do anything because they believe the tracks. They bought into their nonsense. When they should have been fighting them, and, and that doesn't mean that you know you can't come to a an agreement, or it's not beneficial to have um, harmony. But you have to have harmony on terms that work for everybody, not just work for 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 the track until they decide to sell. I mean, look look what's happened. Um, even in, in like New York and, and with the breeders. I mean, it's killing the, the, the local breeders, the, the the actual people in New York. New York breads are, there's more New York breads by Kentucky stallions than there are New York mm-hmm. stallions. It's gotten too far. And when you try to swing the pendulum back, everybody, everybody goes, whoa, whoa. It's like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. I mean, there should be a rule. No trainer gets more than 100 horses, period. That's it. It should be a rule. It should be. It would work for everyone except for about nine trainers. It would make things better. But you ever you, you put that out there and, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, free markets, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. <laughs> right, free market your way yeah. to no free, free, You know what free no market sport. also means? <laughs> Guess what? We're closing your track. Mm-hmm. Oh no! You know what? We're not going to run four days a week. We're going to run three. Oh, you know what? Let's make that two. Oh, you know what? We're going to close up for the summer. I mean, their handwriting's on the wall. If, if, if you want to read it, if you're a young person, you're in this business, learn a foreign language, or. Fight the Study power, Australia PPs. Fight the power. 
because getting inside and get it going along, you're not going to be very happy with where you're at. Trust us. The older people that have seen what what's going on and saw what it used to be, that's that's who you should be listening to. Not, oh, well, you guys are too negative. You can never be too negative in this business. Because it's, it's it, you have to be at a critical mass before anything ever gets done. The answer isn't to cut races and to cut tracks and to, to put synthetic tracks in. And put nine months between races. I mean, like, these are not answers. These are these are band-aids and they're 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 band-aids that don't even stick. I was gonna say not even good ones. This it's just hard to, to understand why people don't say, you know. Like, yeah, I'm not satisfied with what we're doing. Let's change, let's do better. Right, but it, it it seems like the ones that it's working for, well, right, yeah. Oh, they're doing well, so they want to just keep the right to keep the status quo. Right, and it's funny you say that because I saw something the other day, um, which I didn't know, and I know this is going to sound weird, but um, it kind of reminds me of this. How I don't know if you remember Jesse the Body Ventura, right? You remember that guy? Of course, yeah. He tried to unionize WWF, WWE, whatever it was at the time, and um, Hulk Hogan told on him, basically told Vince McMahon that he was trying to organize everybody. Mm -hmm. And it was for the fact that everything was working for him. Right. Later on, Jesse Ventura found, like, some sort of document memo what have you about what people made at WrestleMania. And they saw, he saw that Hulk Hogan made twice as much as everybody else. He was the big winner. <laughs> so he didn't want it to change. No. Right. So oh, that's it, horse racing. Yeah. It's a right. Great analogy. Um, it, it's just, it works for the, the few people but not for the collective and and it's a problem and it, and it's affecting the business as a whole and that's where we get into a lot of issues because if the tracks let's say stood up to the super trainers and limited their stall spaces and things like that that would be a step in the right direction it wouldn't solve everything but it would help the product on the track what everybody sees every day and it's it's like the people that are making these decisions don't have that foresight. They don't understand. And that's wild to me. I don't I don't understand how they don't understand. And I'm not even, you know, this is just somebody on the outside looking in. They're in it. They should know this. And why they don't or they don't care is probably more the the thing than it is that they don't know. And that's not good. It's disheartening, to say the least. 
No, it's it's a good way of putting it. And if you think about how, if you think about what you used for your analogy with Jesse, the body of Ventura and, and the union, I'm sure that the physical well-being of a lot of those wrestlers, if they were in a union, would have been much better. And well, that was that was his reasoning. So, so many of them wouldn't be yeah. dead at, at, at 40 or 50 years old. Like, I mean, almost all the guys who were wrestlers during the, when we were kids are all dead. Yeah, like literally. all of them. You know, not, There's not only like a few a left. Guys. Yeah, like a lot of them. You know, and they were taking steroids, but they were also working these insane schedules and just you know beating themselves up to the point where you know they they're all hooked on painkillers and stuff because no no perform no no money you don't perform the thing is, is just so the, the difference between racing and, and real sports and, and a lot of people who don't know anything about real sports including Saratoga Dan um they <laughs> <laughs> had to get a shot in them but um they just don't understand how real sports are are, are, are constructed they're they're owned by the owners and the owners meet, and and they all meet to move the business forward, the business of the league, and they vote on things, and it, and it's got to be, I think, like most of most votes have to be like a three quarter vote to get something passed. But they're they're actually concerned with the league as a whole, and in racing, that never ever ever happens. Well, yeah, because Even when the thing meetings and conferences. It's all bullshit. Yeah, I was gonna say that that symposium it's is all is presentations. It's in this and that. I mean, that's I that's dare where... anybody, anybody, and that does has any kind of conference. Invite us. Give us a half hour. Yeah. Let it be a Q and A. <laughs> they won't do it because oh, no way. God forbid what we might say. <laughs> right, we, we might tell the truth. What? The truth. No way. Get out. So yeah, this idea about this, yes, come on. This Sorry. idea about oh, oh, like like we could have had ex- betting exchanges, but no, we screwed that up. A betting exchange is ten times better than than fixed odds because fixed odds has got a, a very very low ceiling. No matter what anyone tells you, the ceiling is low. It's booking bets. They're not going to take exposure. <laughs> right. Not. It's going to be limited. I mean, the the wagering side itself, if you are a better, and that's, that's you know, a guy like you, like you're a, from the outside looking in, you never owned horses, you never trained, you don't work on the backside, you don't work for a track. Your exposure is all from the other side, which is why the show works really well, because you got two completely different views, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at how, how screwed up the wagering is, right? You look at the CAWs have been allowed to come in and just, you know, do whatever, do whatever. Uh, you see all the issues with the, the rules for uh, post-time favorite, late changes. <laughs> uh, the, the the breakage has never been proper, you know, like we're paying obscene breakage in most states outside of Kentucky. Uh, the takeout is, is, is ridiculous. Um the betting menus, jackpot bets, right? So there's all this chaos and nonsense and, and, and um, not really good business as a whole. 
for the industry on the wagering side, right? Yep. That's accurate. So, so for anyone that, that's on that side, the internal part on the horse side is just as bad. It's just as screwed up. You just don't see it. It's why I, I rant about Dantrium being a positive. I mean, it's just idiotic. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. is it, it's, it's screwed up on so many different levels. And there's a lot of circling the wagons. And there's nobody that leads. There's nobody that thinks. I mean, the jock club, they think they lead, but they're, they're leading everyone off a cliff. And even they don't really get it. They don't have any. They they, they take they, they take every single person that wagers on a race for granted. They take most owners that are non uh, elitists for granted. They think they're going to always be there, and they're they're leaving in droves. I mean, all the things we talk about is it's just out of frustration. We need more owners. Period. Not my racehorse people. Real owners. They don't horses that's that, to give them to, to trainers that don't have 200 horses already. Those guys can only run so many horses at a time. No one likes when Chad Brown runs four in a stake except Chad Brown. No one likes that. You want that to be overnight races? You, you want that to be maiden races? Do, do you, is that what we're going to see someday? We're going to see a maiden race. Pletcher's got three. Chad Brown's got three. And Bill Mott's got two. We're really there already. We're not far. <laughs> We're not far, <clears throat> and and that's, um, I mean, even the small tracks like uh, you you watch the races on a on a Monday or Tuesday, and and they can't get field size. The only thing that fills are state bred races. And what state bred program is is really expanding at a, at a high rate. They're all, you know, kind of stagnant. Yeah, as a whole, and that's the thing, man. Like, get down to basics. We need more owners to buy more horses, to breed more horses. We need more people wagering on races that aren't CAW teams. Those are the two things we need more of anything. And those things are somewhat fixable. I mean, they're attainable if if you yeah if, if, you, if we you, focused on that right but, exactly. You got to put the effort towards it. And I don't see any of that. If you gave me the wand or you made me czar of racing, the first thing I would say, okay, as of tomorrow, no more jackpot wagers. Period. Done. They're over. If a track tries to run a jackpot wager, they get fined $10 million a day. Down with that. Yeah, that's it. There's one step. Is it solve everything? No. But it just eliminates one of the problems. Right. Hang Low-hanging fruit. We got to take yeah. care of that. And we haven't done anything. That's the problem I have really is, you know, everybody knows the issues, everybody, literally everybody, but nothing gets done. Like they'll, they'll talk about it and they'll say, Hey, yeah, I see that, but nothing gets done. Why is that? That's, that's what I want to know. Why does nothing get done? We know the issues. Everybody knows. I mean, how long have we been talking about these CAW teams? Yeah. And I mean, there's no, there's one no track that actually anything. somewhat did something. There's no perfect solution to anything. There just isn't. Yeah. But there are solutions, as hard as they may be. And you have to at least start moving towards them. You have to move towards them. 
You can't just say, ah, oh, well, that's what we do. We do nothing. And then people say, oh, well, you guys complain about everything. Blah, 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 blah. Well, everything sucks. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. If you don't think so, look at the races on, on Thursday. Just go look at the races all over the country on Thursday and see see, see, see what we have, what we're, what we're being offered. See what the horsemen are being offered. See what see what what's what's available for them. Because all I hear from horsemen is complaints, and I know horsemen complain a lot, but they're like, you know, at their wits' end. We have to create a an atmosphere that makes people want to be involved in this game, and we're not. I'm at Saratoga, bro. Saratoga. The Mecca. And, and everyone's everyone's fed up with the meat. They want it to be over. And some of that is, 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 you know, Mother Nature. But it's like we have got to make it. At, at the, at the numbers, I, I said something in, in, on, in the digest last week about uh, maybe having a handful of New York sired races at Saratoga. Outside of the stakes, just <laughs> to get to give the people of New York with New York bred horses, New York raised horses, New York sired horses, a race to shoot for. Something that they can say, hey, you know what? We have a, a, a much better shot in this race than we do an open race where we don't have to run against any Curlins. We'll run against a son of Curlin. Thinks one of them stands in the arc, but that's you know it's not about crunching the numbers and saying, well, we don't want to break up the the divisions, you know, even more. We don't want to cut that. Well, it's not about the numbers; it's about the emotion, and it's about making people feel like they belong and making people feel like they want to belong, making people feel like they're they're part of it. And racing is not doing that; (laughs) doing that at all. It, it look at the big days. The big days, you got to have a bracelet, or you got to have a, uh, you got to go here. You, everything's cut off. You go to the Breeders' Cup, and well, you can go here, and they got this room, and they got that, and they got this, and they got that, and they got this, and everything's like super expensive. The the rest of us, the rest of the people that. that <coughs> That aren't going to be people that are going to spend fifteen hundred dollars on tickets. They feel like they've been moved out because the Breeders' Cup wasn't always like that. I got tickets. I'll, I'll put them online. I'll show you. We bought oh, yeah. tickets for five bucks. I had seats at Belmont for fifty. That was eighteen years ago. It wasn't a hundred years ago. Fifty bucks. Belmont's big. There's lots of seats. It was cold and hell no one sat in them anyways, but it's just gotten to be priced like you're pricing it like you would a, you know, the NFL playoffs. It's not the NFL. Super Bowl. People got a bet. (laughs) You know? And and I think there's just a, a, a general feeling of unwelcomeness to a lot of people and a lot of people that have been in it have got out because of that saratoga's got a lot of people that that 
dabble in horse racing. And I've seen a lot of them this summer. And it seems like the vast majority of them are former participants in racing. We get a lot of feedback. We get a lot of emails. We get a lot of texts from people. um, And you can feel the frustration. Well, yeah. I mean, people throw their hands up because they feel like they can't win. No one expects to win gambling. We really don't. I don't think hardly anybody says to themselves, you know what, if I added up all my wages at the end of the year, I'll, I'll be on the plus side. You're hoping. But people like to do it because they like to do it and they like to try to, to make a score at the races. Even if they know in the end they're probably not going to be making money. But how, how many people actually go at this as as they're going to be profitable enough to, to call this a job? Not many. Not many. The vast majority of people do it because it's enjoyable. Well, even less now than, you know, the very few that could do it are even less now because of the things that we speak about basic things and 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 for people that have have done it for years when you have the odds changes and you can explain it away all you want but it's not the way they've been accustomed to dealing with it you've changed it you've changed it no, anybody that, and, and, that and played the horses in the 80s or 90s knows that that wasn't the thing. It wasn't happening then. Why is it happening now? Exactly. Exactly. And and virtually nothing that we do as an industry uh, quells those fears. <laughs> it, it, we <laughs> Not stoke the fires way more than we quell the fears. Um, it's just like we're begging to just someone listen. I just don't know how else to say it. I just don't know how else to say it. I mean, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be everything all at once. You can knock out some of this stuff, like, easily. And it doesn't have to be drastic, you know, a drastic measure or anything like that. Just... Bit by bit, just inch closer. Move, move the ball forward. And right now, we're we're not doing any of that. It's like everybody has, you know, everybody has their corner uh, that that works for them, and they all just go to their corner and hang out. And there's no semblance of unity, or you know, kind of driving. Uh, decisions to be made to improve the sport, and and I don't see any of that. I, I, you know, Hissa, some of the decisions they make, they could be good, but where they started, not so good. <laughs> you know, they, I, I just wish they had a better plan in place from the beginning, and the way it it it's showing itself is it was very haphazard and they're kind of all over the place. And and I don't expect it to get any better until they get some sort of order in what they're trying to do. 
it's just hard to keep track. And and the biggest issue of all that they're created is just this this um, distrust. And it's the last thing it should create, and then that's what it's done. They not might they don't want to hear it. Right. It had the opposite effect of what I'm it was meant you, to. I'm telling what the people are saying. Yeah. What they feel because they tell me the truth. There's no reason for them not to tell me. It's not like I go out and walk around and poll every single trainer. People <laughs> people come up to me and, and, and say these things. We just want it to be better, man. You don't have to agree with us all the time. That's not. It's not about agreeing with us, but it's no, about we're not right all the time. You it's, know, it's, it's about understanding the the reality that we're trying to express to say, "Hey, we need to get this fixed. We need to do better here. We need to do this. We need," and it just doesn't get done. And then when it does, when something actually happens, oh my God! You want they, they want to throw a parade hmm. when it's just the thing that they should have done in the first place. I'm not singling out any track or any commission or anybody. It's just, it's it's the entire business. And it's a complicated, convoluted business. Hell, if you, if you had any idea, like, the, 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 the mechanics of simulcasting and huh. the <laughs> tracks or with the Monarch or with this one, they pay this, they pay source market fees, they pay taxes they pay this one pays that price this one pays this price i mean it's it's to unwind it is is almost impossible but like i said man we gotta start moving forward on some of this stuff i mean we've missed there's been so many missed opportunities um it's just tough to go back and sports wagering is not saving this business, man. We've right, been, we've been banging this drum for two years. It ain't helping. The states where it's getting bigger and bigger, horse racing getting smaller going down. Smaller. Right. New Jersey's a primary example. Is Mammoth or, or Metalins? Is the racing uh, materially different than it was a couple years ago? No, it's the same. Basically, right. It's not really that much different either way. But the handle's going down. And sports wagering handles going up. They've handled like $5 billion in New Jersey this year on sports. In New Jersey! Right, and there's still, what, <laughs> four months left? No, that that's not... Three through, months? That, that's through uh, through July, so that, that's seven months. That's, just... that's a little over 50%. Mm. Over, over $5 billion. And, and handle on thoroughbreds and, and harness racing has gone down. That's not a good sign, man. Sports, these books are not going to save us. The reason they're getting involved is to take our customers. Take the money, yeah. Yes. Take if a... they can siphon off a little bit of, 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 of action, make a little bit of money on the side, sure. But it's not going to save us. Right, that's why you you see our customers not... are leaving. <laughs> yeah, for that. That's why they don't have any problems like adding a, a a race book app to what they already have because it's just like in addition to they already got the lion's share. It's why gravy. not get every everything? It's gravy, right? It's gravy. You tell you know what you you, you tell a guy, hey, 
you know, open up a, a sports betting. You can have a single wallet, and, and uh, you, know, you can you can transfer your horse racing money to your sports betting account and bet on the football games. That's money that's leaving the business. The amount that, and this is the thing that 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 we've we've said like. How many sports bettors aren't aware that horse racing exists? Like, why wouldn't they be aware of it? Well, just think about the kids. Like, you know, uh, like my son, for example. <clears throat> I know he's in the Navy and everything, but 21 years old. Why would they know what horse racing is? No one does. At, in 2023, you know what I mean? Like, back when we were growing up, it was the thing, you know? it was the only game in town almost if you weren't in Vegas. Now that's not happening. And and it's just so crazy to me that we had no answer for that. We should have been prepared. We saw it coming. Everybody knew that sports betting was coming and it was going to be legal just about everywhere soon. I just don't understand why tracks, the industry didn't already be prepared for this and be like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do as these things keep rolling out on the sports betting side, we're going to stay competitive. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But they sat on their hands and now we're in a totally bad position and digging ourselves out of a hole, basically. Yeah, we got the product has got to improve. I just don't know if you could make it simpler than that the product's got to improve we have to have better a better betting product a better product on the track it, it just has to get better it's getting getting worse <clears throat> synthetic tracks don't solve that issue having fewer tracks doesn't solve that issue doesn't regulation it's not a regulation issue Regulations is making it tougher. Just have to have more people. In the end, we need more customers. And we need more. We we need more more supply to create more demand. Well, I I think that's part of it too. Is it seems like the industry doesn't know who their customers are, and I think that's a lot of the problem of of you know who is it that we market to or lack thereof. I, it just—it's just, it, just mind blowing how this this industry has been around forever, and you know, I mean, even take our our lifespan. Like, you know, we'll start in the '80s. Let's start from 1980 to the present. We haven't figured out how to market this game. I mean, what? what you know, I, I get it. At you know, early on or in that, that same time span, we didn't have the same competition that we have now. I get that. But we're here, and they're here. And we're still sitting on our hands. That's, that's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, uh, I mean, you look at um, just today, and, and I know a lot of people didn't like him. 
for whatever reason. But I mean, some of them like because of racist. But uh, you know, something Ken Rudolph said in a in a he had a um, a thread about basically his exit from horse racing and um and one of the, the to me the telling sentences is he said with all the issues and stigma of having worked here and having to defend or explain the sport it became impossible for me to continue quote selling the game that I had zero confidence in and zero faith in his future hmm. And and to think about that, and it's very like, profound considering. I mean, whether you like him, you don't like him. Whether you think he was a bad handicap or a good handicap or whatever, but think about those words because that's that's kind of what we're telling you right now. And we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. But there ain't also anybody paying us to do this, right? We don't have any ties to anything but ourselves. Yeah. yeah. The more listeners we get, the, you know, we, we get to Spotify, like fills our Spotify points. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We make about, you know, eight bucks a show. So, uh, and, and I have no idea how to get the money out. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll be 2040 and then we'll have. It's like right. it's, it's, a, it's a savings plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like eight million dollars and but um yeah he was spot on like he's i mean that's something that that's something that a lot of of people paraphrase when they say you know i've kind of i got out of it because i just don't see i just don't see it turning around or i just don't enjoy it as much or i just don't believe in it or or just uh, disillusioned with it and I mean we're just the the conduits here <laughs> to whoever's listens from a lot of people who are listening and I mean social media has done a lot of damage to this to into horse racing because horse racing is so inept in a lot of ways and it's it's really really inept at communication and it just gets sometimes horse racing just gets battered on, <laughs> on social media and, and about things that you know not aren't aren't always accurate but there's like no mechanisms that have been come up that, that anyone has come up with in this whole industry to refute this stuff and and it's just um but you know we've we've reached a lot of people and that's what social media does and that's what social media's done for for the show done for the the writing I do um Barry has a following that, that you know when he does different shows, and what we're trying to tell you is that a lot of people do contact us because they know that we're not affiliated with the track, and they they don't have to worry about any repercussions, and and most of it's not good. <laughs> yeah, like I get people like the vent too. I mean, I understand that the very rarely people are going to say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I I had a big pick six the other day. Hey, you know, like." It's just, um, it's troubling, man. It's like just super troubling because this is Saratoga and, and this is not supposed to be, <laughs> this is supposed to be the happy time. This is supposed to be Christmas morning, you know? Mm. And it has been a Christmas morning and there's been a lot of coal in them stockings. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I get people all the time that, you know, I'll text back and forth with and they'll say, like, I just had enough. You know, I, I've heard that a lot. Just had enough. You know, I, I need to take a break. I don't know if I'm going to come back. Those sort of things. And it's alarming because the people are like me, you know, they, they, they've been playing the horses for a long time and, you know, started when they were kids and, and it was always enjoyable up until recently. And that, that's, that's the scary part about it is, you know, they, they kind of played their way through the bullshit to get into more bullshit. And it's, it's like, Oh man, is this, it's not going to end. So they just leave. And that's not, we're not in a position to be losing people at all. I mean, even like one is, is troubling at this point. It's like every, everybody that leaves, it, it, how are we going to fill that void? And, and I haven't seen a track, an entity or anybody else that can do that in this sport that, you know, replace people we lose. Yeah, yeah, because you're losing dedicated players who are participants who have been doing it for a long time. And if you do replace them, a lot of times you're replacing them with fluff people, people that are just, you know. Fly-by-nights. Fly-by-nights. They right. come in, they, they maybe they hit a couple of, of bets, they go to the track with somebody, and then they play a little bit for a little while, and then they lose. And then football and then, season comes. Right, yep, something else comes, and then yeah. they're gone. Well, we've gone on a long rant today. Yeah. I started off promising. We were, we it did. About, we went right into the races and talked about parks, like in a in a in a civil manner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 listen. I don't want any Jessica Paquette slander. That's my friend. Yeah, that's nice. my buddy. You'd be nice to Jessica. Yeah. You know, she went to the University of Arizona, too. I didn't even know that. Yeah, she's RTTIP. Yeah. She's RTIP. The big, the big 12 Wildcats now. I know. You got, you got all-stars there with you, CJ. Yeah. Newman, Pete Aiello. I mean, come on. Yeah. And, and Baffert, the most hated guy in racing. Yeah. Can't forget about him. I don't know why people hate him. I really don't. It's weird. It's, it's weird to me. Um, It's not so weird because, you know, if you think about it, it's 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 almost like the LeBron thing. You know, yeah. guys on top, they want to just kind of jab at him and um, I think I think that's what most of it is. Like, I don't recall anybody hating Woody or anybody hating Whittingham or anybody hating um, Mac Miller. I mean, I just don't remember anyone hating any, any of those guys. And it, it seems like nowadays everybody hates all the good trainers. Listen. Not the I, good I, trainers, but the big trainers. I can tell you, I, 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 I don't hate Baffert by any means. Uh-huh. But I did hate when he dabbed in, 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 the, in the paddock that one yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, that, he's, that. he's corny. 
quite. He used to be funny, but it's not funny. You know, like it gets old. But now I remember when he used to give interviews and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, he's such a jokester." Like this was like, you know, Kevinier days. Yeah, Kevinier. That's right. Uh, we're so old. We remember when Baffett was the new guy, right? And then he was, he was the guy that everybody liked because he was he, he he didn't give the the you know the trainer speak. At least we didn't think so at that point. That's well back then he didn't, but now you know I don't know. I get it. Maybe, I get, maybe people, I get why people don't like that. him, but I don't yeah. know why they hate him. That I think there's a difference, you know. Like you don't like there's certain people I don't like, but. There's yeah, some people I don't like that I say hello to, but uh, I mean, I don't hate them, you know. Like, yeah, ooh, people like hate them. Like, they yeah, they get them. really aggressive. <laughs> I don't get it either. Same thing with jockeys. Yeah, like a lot of hate, like real aggressive. Not, yeah, I don't think it's as bad though. I think it's not people, as bad. I think people get mad because of particular rides or like when Rosario was riding, like he was in a coma. For a while, I mean, he just was like making because he was moves, yeah. But I, I don't think people like personally don't like him, they just like, ugh, you know, I don't know, it's tough but to tell sometimes on social media. Some of the like, some of the trainer hate is like just hate, hate, like, why? <laughs> yeah, and maybe it's just a, a reflection of society, people yeah. I think, I think social media and right. society right. is a common. I was having a conversation the other day, I said, you know. We used to respect the office, at the very least. I mean, a, a person who was a senator, a person who was a, a congressman, or a person who was a president. That, yeah, I mean, you, you might not have agreed with them. They might not have thought they were great. But you, you said, well, these people are respectful people. And I think stewards was the same way. And, and, and that just doesn't really, that's, that's not, it doesn't happen anymore. Well, yeah, because over time, they've proven themselves to be... But I think people just have, have created this... You know these these um, these boogeymen enemies where they're just you know all out against and well you know that's it's funny you say that because I I, I think also um, to your point that there's some people out there that'll just be mad no matter what happens like yeah. we could clean up the sport and everything is cool with the betting and then the you know. Hissa right. and all that stuff. If we straighten all that out, there's still people that are going to be mad. So no. there, there's like there's those people too that are yeah mixed right in. yeah. If we had if we had twelve horse fields and perfect right. betting menu, they still be mad. Try everybody won fifteen percent. It's too hard. I need some two to five shows. Yeah, what's the old saying about the guy that hits the lottery and complains about paying the taxes? <laughs> You know all the taxes you got to pay in this. <laughs> I'm only getting two hundred and twelve million. Well, if you if you listen to us while you work out and you made it this far, you're in you can, good shape. You can probably challenge run a Ramon. marathon or you two. Probably challenge Ramon Dominguez to a race. You may not win, but at least you you'd be in the running. And you could probably beat Edgar Prado because he said he doesn't run. But uh, 
But anyways, this was our super spectacular Travers Week special where we talked about the Travers for about three minutes. Ten minutes. Not even. Ten. <laughs> I was being... I don't, even th- I, I don't even think I gave my, my, my opinion. I don't even have an opinion on it. I do. I yeah, do. I'm bet against a, a small opinion. And, and it's... I'm going to bet against... Obviously, I'm going to bet against National Treasure. Yeah, I, I think this, it's a paceless race. And, and I think Scotland does merit a good shot. As long as Swifty stays off him. Right. I kind of like Mage. Mage. Mage rates to get a good trip, too, because... But the Swift fan. Uh, he can sit right behind Scotland, and if National Treasure wants to show up and run, Mage could actually get a really, really, really good trip. Yeah, we just got to get Swift off him. I'm gonna yeah. tell. I'm gonna Let's... tell my. I'm gonna tell my. Saw Todd Pletcher mainlining Tappet Trice and, and Forte, and they can't lose. Just got a doctor a, a text message, you know, like yeah. a screenshot, and just send yeah. it to him. Be like, yo, this is. Pletcher was this is him in front of Pletcher's vet. He said he he had the, the go go <laughs> juice this week. He stole it. Linda Rice's shipment and Adam Rice. They kidnapped him and they're holding him for ransom. But Forte's gonna get the stuff, man. He'd, he'd go. He'd, he'd go for it. <laughs> I don't like Archangelo. I don't like that. I no, I, I don't mean... like the layoff. Yeah, I, I, I think he's gonna be rank. I think it was Caitlin Free that put up something like, "What's your hot take?" And I almost put out there it was like Archangelo off the board, or not first, second, or third. I might just bet he might get he might get fourth. I might just bet supers and just bet all, all disarm all. <laughs> Just oh. root for disarm. See, disarm. now that you put that out in the in the in the uh, universe, yeah, I'm gonna have to pay attention to that on Saturday. <laughs> all, all disarm, all. That's my that's my that's my my hot take. I just wish the football preseason would get over so so many guys would stop getting injured, man. Yeah, we don't. We need the Dolphins healthy. <sighs> man, this is garbage. If there's, anything less, if there's anything less worthless than preseason football. Well, yeah, it depends on who you talk to, though, because you saw that fight the other day. Yeah. That seemed pretty uh, <laughs> pretty serious. Yeah. Ugh, I remember I had season tickets to the Dolphins, man. I couldn't give the damn games away. Nobody wanted them. The preseason ones, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants that. You could put them on like uh, StubHub for five bucks, and and nobody get no takers. I take it for five dollars. Yeah, it sucks. And, and you have to full pay full price. That's the killer. Someone said the Packers charge charge half price for the preseason games. I could see that, but. Uh, Stephen Ross wants his money, my friend. He wants his money. So not only did you have to do that, you had to buy the parking passes too. Oh, like 50 bucks a pop. It's ridiculous. Games you don't even want. But it is almost football season, which seems crazy. Yeah. Now I gotta get on my fantasy football 
kicks. Hey, did, have you paid any attention to baseball? How are the Yankees doing? Um, I I, I think they're not good, and that makes me happy. <laughs> seems, seems like there's been a, a lot of quiet. Really quiet on lot, social media. A lot of quietness from the, the Yankee fans. And then the Mets fans are always the Mets fans, so. Yeah, they're used, <clears throat> they're used to it. I, I I have been watching. Speaking of New York, been watching the uh, Hard Knocks with with Aaron Rodgers. Have you? Yes, it's pretty entertaining. I'll be I'll be really happy when he gets his shoulder sublux. Oh, he's not last, dude. He he looks like an old man. Yeah. Even running around like you can tell he's there's just... there's gonna be less. I can't think of something that's more enjoyable than all the Jets fans being let down. Guys like our guy Steve, who guys always wrong. Um, how they badly they're going to be let down when the Jets stink? Well, yeah, they should start the kid and just let Aaron coach him. Nah, they should start Aaron. <laughs> the kid. No, nah, they should start the kid. He ain't never going to be good. He's that guy sucks. But I mean, getting Aaron Rodgers is the right move. But I, I just don't. He's wow, son, Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. You better better off with Flip Wilson. Talk about somebody. Colton, you know, Rick Wilson. <laughs> oh man, better, better off with with Rick Wilson, wire to wire, mama. <laughs> Tony Wilson, the trainer. <laughs> better off. <than> <laughs> Famous Wilsons that are better than horse racing Wilsons than Zach. Football's crazy though because like even the good teams really aren't that good. Hey, they're all they're all like five hundred teams. Yeah, they're like one quarterback injury away from being like mediocre. I mean, look at the Dolphins last year. They oh. they were really good and they lost their quarterback and it was over. It was yeah. literally over. Yeah. What, what if what if what if Mahomes gets hurt? You think the Chiefs are are going to the Super Bowl? Good luck. No way. Yeah. Sorry. Not not an easy guy to replace. There's a lot of love for the Ravens, but again, you know, Jackson's a good quarterback, but he doesn't ever make the season because he right. He's healthy. Yeah. It's hard. Stay healthy. It's hard for a guy that. Is prone to run, stay healthy because the guys hitting them are big and strong and fast. Ask Tua. Yeah, Tua knows how to fall because he did jujitsu. Yeah, but he can't, he still can't see straight because they hit him in his head at about. I'm telling you times. what he's going to do. One of these days, guys going to come around the end and he's just going to give like the guy like a karate chick kick he's right to drill him. <laughs> <laughs> just like do one of those spins, you know, those spin kicks. <laughs> A roundhouse. Yeah, the oh. roundhouse getting right in the chest. Won't you be rushing me? I'll take the fifteen yard penalty for roughing the, the defensive end for spiking. <laughs> yeah, football's crazy. Every year there's like two teams that that nobody expected to be good. And, and they just look up not and injured. And that's how they ended up that way. That that always happens to stupid Minnesota. Minnesota. They always escape the injuries, but then their quarterback just falls apart somehow. Kirk Kirk Cousins, man. I know Peter May is going to text me after he. Peter May is a downtrodden Minneapolis sports fan. (laughs) 
He's loyal, though. They got to give him that. He's loyal. He's very loyal to all the Minnesota teams, but he just has that defeatist attitude towards knowing that, you know, some bad shit's going to happen to him because it always does. I mean, since Kirby Puckett, like. Oh, man. It's been a long time since Kirby Puckett, man. I mean, University of Minnesota. When when was the University of Minnesota good at anything other than like. Their wall was a big bag. It was a hefty bag. The Gophers. Oh, man. School of Dave. You know what's funny? Kevin McHale and and Ray Williams. You know what's funny? What? I'm wearing a Minnesota football shirt right now. Minnesota Gophers or Minnesota Vikings? Minnesota Gophers. Wow. You must have got that on sale. The Gopher well, you looks really a little like know, Bucky's Bucky. The if you really want to know, uh, my mother-in-law uh, drives buses. Really? She drove their team when they played in the Cheez-It Bowl, I think, a couple of years ago. Really? And they gave her a bunch of shit, and they gave me, you know, I got, I got a shirt. She drove, uh, who was it? Wichita State when uh, what's his name was still there. Um, this guy with the, the, the little the, guy up in uh, Toronto. Fred Van Vliet, not not, yes. not Xavier McDaniel. No, 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 Fred Flip Van Levin. Vliet. Yeah. So they they gave her a ball and they had all the guys sign it. This was the year they went all the way like deep into the tournament. Yeah. So cool. I have a signed ball from the Wichita State Shockers and it has the the logo on it and everything. It's cool. It is. Think about it, though. They got the Twins, who haven't been good since Kirby Puckett. Uh, the Vikings, who never have won. The yeah, the Twins need to change their uniforms. Uh, That's their problem. <laughs> they got the T-Wolves. Who are, <clears throat> you know, well, you know that. They got they got one of the better players in the league always, yeah. and they who, can't win any games. Yeah, he'll be looking to get out soon. And... Uh, Running aces. So, yeah. They have running aces. <laughs> and Canterbury. It doesn't even have pump. Who raised takeout? Yeah, Canterbury, which is struggling. Well, it's because they, they mushed that deal. That, I know. That deal is... It was a deal that worked out great for everybody. For everybody, and then said, now it's gone. We don't want to do it anyways. So, sorry. I mean, it's it's like a ticking time bomb there, too. That's a track that people go to. Like people oh, yeah, physically they get actually crowd. go to. They've tried a lot of things there. They're trying, you know, and you want it to work. It just is uh it's a tough market, man. Tough market when you don't have any other help. Anyways, we've talked for like ridiculous long time today, so <laughs> So uh if you have nothing else I'm done. Now that we've kind of crapped on Peter Mays, Minnesota. Yeah, Peter May is is our guy though. He's a good guy, man. Yeah, he deserves a championship of some sort. But, uh, He's gonna have. They to have a hockey team, team, Minnesota. Yes, or Are they ain't good. The, the Wild. Oh, the Wild. Yeah, they used to be the North Stars. North Stars. They had the dope. They had, they had units back in the yeah, day. The green cool and yellow teams. with yeah. the N. Dino Cicerelli. Yes, I remember that guy. Yeah, that's I don't don't ask why I remember that, but I, I, that's that's the only guy I ever knew from Minnesota North Stars. But I, I did remember that guy. 
But uh, yeah, well, shout out to everybody. Yeah, shout out to everybody. Check us out on the spaces and uh, spaces on Wednesday. Travers Nuggets all week. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a little Travers because they're 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 gonna uh, well draw tomorrow, right? So long they're they're gonna draw it in like ten minutes. <laughs> uh, but no, we'll uh, we'll 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 have the draw for the races, and we'll talk about that on uh, on the spaces on on Wednesday at noon Eastern. Um, because uh, the Soaks game uh, or race of the week will probably only have about eight minutes of time. Yeah, it's not many. I don't right? think there's that much to talk about, but we will talk about that race. But uh, okay, that's uh, uh, Paul Verderosa owns a horse in the race. Nice. It's not going to win, but uh, he owns a horse in the race. So, hey, Valenluia won, and and ruined my pick four, pick five excellence. So, hey, Val Valenluia. The Valleluia is like Lady's Secret compared to this one. Okay. But we always root for Paul because he's a good dude. Yes. All right. Well, we will uh, We'll talk to you next week, and uh, you know everything will be figured out by then. Somewhat. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>